<laughs> so I just, in worship now, just, um, what did I, I may just made some notes while we were worshiping, actually. I just felt the Lord speaking in it. You know, really, I, I'm just, I'm trusting that as I share some of the things, feel the Lord's laid on our heart, that actually we do see, we see Jesus in them. I don't want to just be giving you guys good ideas or just be, even just be building values into us, but the thing is we need to see Jesus because he's the one that changes us. And actually, even in what I'm going to share, if there's not a revelation, a, re, a genuine heart revelation of what God's done, you can't actually operate in these things. You can't operate in, um, in what we're called to, actually, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit um, for us. But maybe just... Uh, I just want to... Okay, I'll know what the time is, so I don't want to go too long. So, guys, the world's quite crazy at the moment, eh? Like, things are wild. Like, if you just, if you look at media, if you look at what's going on in the world, it's, it's wild. Like, firstly, I mean, just this last week or two, I've been looking at, you know, this thing that's happening in Stellenbosch, with the, um, they're calling it racism, but it's, I think it was just a student being stupid, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> pretty sure he would have done it to one of his mates, too. But anyway, like, it's, uh, there's something there, like, it's crazy, like, it's all over the news, it's, like, there's rallies going on, and it's just really sparked something in the, in the community of Stellenbosch, and outraged people right throughout South Africa, and probably even the world, you know? Um, like we look at, where else? We look at uh, government, government situation, what's happening with service delivery and stuff like that. It's just all over the show, all the time. Failure to deliver, failure this, failure that. Like from every, every side. Then we got the Russian and the Ukrainian uh, um, situation. And it's like, who's right? Who's right? We all want to take sides and we all have opinions but like, it's crazy. Things are going wild out there. And we're very, actually, we're very, um, we're very aware of what's going on because of social media, because of the news, because of those things. So we're actually very exposed to these things. Whether it be true or not, false news or not false news, we're still exposed. We've got a lot of information coming in. I mean, the Democrats and the, the, the Republicans, Trump versus Biden, like, it's just this, it's all the stuff, all the time. It's on our doorstep, and, and I think we're living in a time where there's incredible hate and animosity, actually. It's just, it's rough, and it's rampant. And the, this, the, what I see when I look at that news feed, I see people looking for retribution and payback, actually. And it's, there's a sense of, you did this, so I'm going to do that. Or you do this, and you deserve that, so we're going to pay back this. And it's just this back and forth, back and forth. It's like a table tennis match. And it's just like people demanding what they think actually to be justice. I think justice is good, but do you understand what I'm saying? There's a sense of just this, in the media and the world, this going crazy. Sorry, I feel a little bit close to you guys. I want to stand over here. I want some space. I feel a little <laughs> spitting on you again. Um, and all these things that are going on, how do they, like, I want to ask you the question, how do they make you feel? Anxious? Feel maybe a little angry? I think a lot of us, would, I mean, even just towards our, our government, I think we feel angry towards them. I mean, I think about that situation in Stellenbosch now. 
it's become a racial thing as well, so there's race involved, so you're angry towards it, makes you, it, it, it stirs up something in you, so you either become angry towards the one side or angry towards, like, I know what it, it does in our hearts. I'm just, am I being, I mean, you guys relate, do you understand what I'm saying? And I think what I'm realizing is this world is actually shaping the way we react and the way we respond. Because we're getting it from media. We're getting a causey society that is going down this route, demanding retribution, demanding payback, demanding this, demanding that. And it's actually, whether you know or like it or not, it is affecting you. It's actually beginning to affect the way you think, the way you respond. It's beginning to affect your, your voice. Social media, there's now out there, so you've got a voice. And I think... I mean, things as small as customer service. I can see my own spit going. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> as, as small as customer service. Like, people get so rattled, and then they feel like they can just slam openly, slander. And, and I get that. I think we remember, I mean, as customers, the customer's always right, you know. So there is a sense that you can, but like, so what does that mean? Does that mean that you just get to blast that company out the water and just slander them and... and throw them under the bus, or just that there's a spirit behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's something behind it. Um, I do have a sense, and I feel like we're actually, all of us, and including myself, I'm not talking to you guys only, I'm talking to me too, because I got, a che- I got tested on this this week, I actually got tested on this, and I'll share a little bit about that. But we've really got to check our own hearts. Our own hearts. I think there's something of, it's almost like we're the frog in the pot that's slowly getting cooked. As things are getting worse, as society is becoming more demanding and, and, and more causey and more this and more that, there's something in us that's actually, yeah, okay, I can, and we begin to pick sides. And, but if we're not in this world, I mean, we're in this world, so we're not of this world, right? So we, I think we get very caught up in this thing. I, I mean, Timothy, two, is it 2 Timothy 2 verse 4? It very, very clearly says to us, do not, what does it say? Let's read it. Do not get caught up in civilian affairs. Did I give you that one? Um, so these things are civilian affairs. They do appear to be right. Oh, you actually took it. Sorry. Not, and no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. So that's actually talking about us. These are civilian affairs. We shouldn't really be getting involved in these things, should we? I mean, maybe to some degree, but really, are they salvation issues? Are they... And I'm just stick with me. You'll see where I'm going with this. Because some of you might be going, we, do, we should be saying these things. And yes, maybe sometimes. But it's always the heart. Like what Brian was saying just now, there's something of an inward. And even as I speak to this morning, even as I share what I'm wanting to share, I don't know how you're going to respond. It's not going to be an external. It's actually the heart. You're going to have to look deep inside your heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You've got to open, Lord. And, and you're going to have to examine and go, hang on, what? Am I leaning that way or am I leaning this way? What really is the spirit behind this thing? You know, sometimes things can look the same, but they, the, the, the very root, the very cause of them can be tainted. So, I mean, these things can, they can look good. They can have the appearance of good. There's actually a scripture in, in I think it's Revelation 13. It, it, it's speaking about, uh, it says, the appearance of the lamb, but the voice of the dragon. 
And actually, I think that's talking about, and remember Andrew doing a preach about it quite a while ago, it's actually referring to the church. They can look good, but they can, or what are they actually, what are they actually speaking with? What voice is speaking through them? Because if we're not partnering with Jesus, we're partnering with the devil, the devil, the enemy. So we can jump on a cause, we can jump on, a, on, on retribution and rights and all of these things, and it can look good, but is it good? You understand what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Hopefully you'll, uh, you'll begin to understand a little bit more. Romans 12 says this, 12, 17 to 19, it says, Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful. Do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. My dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. That scripture is quite clear. And I think we tend to take, we think we take, because I don't think we can actually dish out proper vengeance, but we think we take vengeance into our own hands. We think we take justice into our own hands. We think we take retribution into our own hands. But actually, God, it's God that does that, really. All we're doing is just this, really just a fleshly, very temporal thing. And um, the reason... The reason I'm speaking about this is because I, I've, I feel like the danger is that we become a people with a hardened heart, actually. A hardened heart, even towards society, and this is real, because there is a certain way we should respond. And I'm not saying, I'm not even talking about the outward appearance, I'm talking about the heart. There's a certain heart response that should happen to us when we hear these things. Is our heart hard or is it broken? Because God's heart's broken for those things. And we, our hearts should be broken for those things. Our hearts should not be hard and callous towards them that we actually begin to react out of a, out of a, a black heart, actually. I call it a black heart. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's bitter. It's twisted. It's evil. It's unforgiveness. There's unforgiveness in it. And I wanted, this morning what I want to talk about a lot is actually forgiveness and how we walk in forgiveness and how that affects us out there, and I want to kind of maybe pull it a little bit narrower to us as, as individuals, personally, in our own lives. Because the more I've been looking into this, the more I'm beginning to realize, I don't think that we, we can't afford not to forgive. I briefly touched on it a couple of weeks ago. I said, I think I'm going to preach on this sometime. And I said to you, I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't see in Scripture, if you know that there's something that you need to be forgiving somebody and you're choosing not to do it, I don't know if you're actually in Jesus. That's a big statement. I might make some big statements. Jeff will balance me. <laughs> if I'm too out of line, he'll, he'll, he'll bring a little bit of the balance. So bear with me on these things as well. But I think one of the questions we should be asking ourselves is, so what are we teaching, what are we teaching our people? And, um, you know, I would, I, would, I would ask this question to leaders, but I'm also asking this question to you guys because we call to disciple one another. And the what we, we produce after, each, after ourselves, am I right? So you disciple somebody, they catch what you got. So what's in your heart is probably going to flow over to them and they're going to begin to learn from you. And so what are we teaching? What are we teaching? What are we emulating? What are we living that those that have been entrusted into our care, because people have been entrusted into your care, whether you've been saved a week or not, people will be entrusted into your care. What are we 
what are we doing? What are, how, what are we actually teaching our people? Are we teaching them to love and forgive, or are we teaching them to re- react and to seek retribution? So maybe let's... Um, it's kind of like an intro to you, for you guys, <laughs> where I want to go with this. So let's maybe look at 2 Corinthians 5, um, 17. Um, and I think this scripture really, for me, we have to understand this um, before we can even dig into it. So, so, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us to a ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. So, guys, just listen to this. Christ and reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So what is reconciliation? It's peace, harmony. It's joining together something that has been separated. Like if two things are broken, it's bringing them back together. And this is actually what we've been saved into. This is the very, like this is the purpose. Christ came to reconcile us to God. And there needs to be a deep, deep understanding in us of of that, actually. We need to understand that. We need to receive that. We need to live in that because we're called to be ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ. And if this is what Christ did, this is what we're called to do as well. Christ didn't, Jesus didn't not forgive. He forgave. He did forgive, even knowing what was coming. He went to the cross. He, lay on, he, he hung on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He knew what they were doing. They didn't know. They didn't. It hadn't, the penny hadn't dropped. And God, and, and Jesus was going, Lord, forgive them. Even though they're doing this, even though they are going against, I am innocent, I'm pure, murdered, slain. Yet still he chose to forgive. And this is the picture. This is the amazing picture that God gives us, actually. And if we don't, as I carry on a little bit longer, if we don't grasp that, if we don't get that, we're gonna, we miss it all because then we can't actually, we can't walk in this because he's the author and the perfecter of faith. It's him. It's him in us. If we don't see Jesus in this, we, 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 we just, it's actually just dead works and we're actually not going to be able to do it. So firstly, I think the one thing is we need to understand how much we've been forgiven. Like, it's, it's huge. Is it, you know, those who are forgiven much, love much. And, and we can sometimes go, you know, I haven't been, maybe I've been forgiven a little. You think you've been forgiven a little. No, you haven't been forgiven a little. And I want to just, this is Jesus speaking, so I mean, you can't, you can't actually say anything <laughs> to this. In Luke 7, verse 41 to 43, he says this. He says, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back. So he forgave the debtors of both. Now, which of these do you think loved him more? And then Peter answers, he says, oh, I'm sorry, Simon answers, he says, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. 
Uh, and then Jesus says to him, yes, you've judged correctly, actually. Because they were talking about a lady that had sinned much, and Jesus had forgiven her, and she had poured out her, I think she poured out perfume on his feet, and he says, therefore I tell you, many sins, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great, as her great love has shown, for whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Now, I do think, I was, as I was thinking about this and preparing this, I do think that sometimes we can have a mindset that we've been forgiven little or less than that person. That we're, we're okay, you know. You know, and it, I, you, this is how it manifests. You ask, self-watchers, but you ask people to share a testimony. And they go, no, my testimony is not as powerful as that person. And I go, Really? So what you're actually saying is Jesus didn't pay as much for you as he paid for that person. You're diminishing the price that was paid for you. You get that? I mean, how many times have you heard, no, no, I mean, I've said it myself. Like, I've been caught saying it myself. I'm going to go, ooh, that's not true. I actually had to work through that. Like, you look at somebody that's a drug addict, ex-murderer, whatever, saved out of that, and his life has been transformed, and you're sitting there, and you've actually lived what you would think to be a good moral life, never stolen anything, never sworn, never did anything, and you've just kind of floated into the kingdom. (laughs) That's not possible, but anyway... But you think you're okay. You th- well, no, you don't think you're okay, but you think, ah, that looks got a powerful testimony. No. <laughs> Listen, you don't realize how wretched you were and are, actually. In that, like, until you've come under Jesus' righteousness, you are filthy. Like, and we think that's worse than this. No. All have sinned. All. All. It's a Greek word for all. It's a Hebrew word for all. <laughs> Is it all? <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, I do think that we, we sometimes sit in this position of, and then again, guys, this is what Jesus says about this very mindset, this very type of thinking. This is what Jesus says. In Luke 18, um, 9 to 14, he says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness, he looked down on everyone, and who looked down on everyone else. Jesus told them this parable: Two men went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood uh, stood by himself and prayed, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other people—robbers, evildoers, adulterers—and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get." But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. I tell you, that, I tell you this, rather than the other, when he, oh sorry, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's Jesus. So he's on, if you don't have to say anything, you don't have to admit it right now, but I know we fall guilty to that mindset. We do. We're like, yeah, no, that oak's got a powerful testimony. And yeah, everyone's got a powerful testimony. But you don't want to, almost don't want to step into yours and share yours because you don't think it's part, but God's done something incredible. The fact that you are in the kingdom of light is the biggest miracle that you could ever imagine. And I think 
maybe just a little good side note for us, that testimony thing, because if we don't, if we don't live in that place, we... So understanding how much we've been forgiven. Like, and I'm not going to like, it full on into the gospel now, but if, the, if you don't understand how much you've been forgiven, you don't actually understand the gospel properly. And I do think we've had a many, good few weeks of really unpacking the gospel, actually, and explaining what the gospel is. But there's no ways on your own, by your own strength that you can stand before God righteous. No ways. Impossible. That is the bottom line of the gospel. It's through Jesus, what he did. So now, once, secondly, once we've received the revelation of how much we've been forgiven, we need to do likewise. Right? So again, that's what I'm saying to you. If you don't understand that we've been saved into a ministry of reconciliation, if we've been forgiven, if we are wretched, we, why would we forgive? Because we're self-righteous. So we've got, we can kind of stand in the corner and throw mud at people because, hey, you know, we got you with a little bit of our own effort and own steam and no, 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 you're missing the point. You're missing it. Like, you are not deserving of what has been given to you, and actually you need to ex- do exactly the same thing and give what is not deserving to them. And what's that? Love. Forgiveness. They're not deserving of forgiveness. They're the world. They're dead. They're spiritually, they're dead. They're not going to heaven. So, what... We weren't going to heaven. But Jesus loved us so much that he paid that price. So how do we... Do you, there's, there's a difference in heart. You see, you see what I'm saying? We can stand here and go, oh, they're evil, they're terrible, they, they should be this, they should be that. Or we can go, your Lord, this world is broken, and pray for them. Instead of getting involved in mudslinging matches and politics and all these things, because they are civilian affairs. Matters of the heart are eternal affairs. Matters of the flesh are civilian affairs. You see, Jesus says this. I like, I like saying Jesus says because it's him who said it. <laughs> In Matthew 6, uh, verse 14, he says, For if you forgive other people when, this, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father also forgives you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's quite a hectic scripture. Like, have you ever really thought about that? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean I can lose my salvation? Does it mean if I stop forgiving people, then I was once saved and I'm not? I'm not even going down that road. <laughs> that, is it, what, is, what does it really mean? And I, I, I mean, really been thinking about it. And what I really honestly feel like it means, what I think and I believe it means, is that you haven't properly grasped the gospel. You haven't properly seen his forgiveness for you and you're not actually, you haven't received it because you haven't properly seen it and you're not actually in him. So you can't forgive and you don't forgive. So how can he forgive your sins if you're not in him? You haven't, you haven't actually yielded your life and that's one of the things I think as we yield our life to Jesus, as we 
as, as we ask him to come and live in our hearts and we repent from our sins, he comes and gives us a new heart. And with that new heart by the Spirit, we're able to forgive. But if we're not, we should be asking ourselves the question, why, maybe, firstly. So maybe it's actually I haven't had a proper encounter with Jesus and I actually need to surrender my life to him properly. And, and just beginning to realize how wretched I am should wreck you enough to begin to forgive. Or sometimes maybe they're just blocks in your life. And sometimes, even as I'm speaking now, the Holy Spirit's going, actually, there is somebody you need to forgive. And as the Holy Spirit works in you, you just go, okay, Lord. And surrender. As soon as, you, as soon as he shows you, surrender it. Because the thing is, you hold that position, then I don't know. Maybe he'll eventually get you to that place. But he's very, very clear eh, in this. In Matthew 18, 23 to 25, he... They, and this is, the, Jesus, this is the, the, the story Jesus uses to explain to them. He says, there's a king. Let me read it for you. It says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like this. A king wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, wow, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that his wife and his children and all them be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled his debt and let him go. It's pretty amazing. 10,000 bags of gold. That's quite a lot. That's a, that's a hang of a lot. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Who's the master, guys? In this story, who's the master? God. He gave, we, our debt was unpayable. He cancelled it. Are we going to go outside straight after that and hold somebody up against the wall and say, pay me back? Because that's what unforgiveness is. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Eesh. Now, he can't pay back all he owes because it's an impayable, unpayable debt. So that means, the way I read that, that's eternity, actually. That's interesting, eh? This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Guys, the Bible's clear. Forgiveness is a big deal. A big deal. It either shows that you're in him or you're not in him. It's huge. And the world is hacking away with a blunt axe at us and our minds and the way we perceive things, trying to get us to actually harden our hearts. If we harden our hearts to them, it's easier to harden our hearts to one another. To get frustrated. I get it. Government is flipping frustrating. Load shedding. ESCOM. All these things. 
I get it. Does it make us angry? Does it harden our hearts? Do we allow that thing to harden our hearts? Because if we allow that to harden our hearts, I can promise you now, your friend does something wrong, it's going to begin to manifest in different ways too. And we meant to love one another, right? I want to maybe just tell you the story. Um, I heard it, uh, we were in an elders meeting, we were chatting about it, and um, you guys all know Reynold Bonker. Okay, he was an evangelist, he led millions of people to the Lord. Uh, he, he was a healing evangelist, so he raised people from the dead, pulled people out of wheelchairs, everything. Anyway, so he's in this crusade, and this guy comes, he gets brought in. This guy's been dead for like three days. Three days he's been in the morgue. Okay, that's quite hectic. And uh, he doesn't even pray for the guy. The guy gets like brought, um, I think they put him underneath the, like, underneath the stage. You know, like there's that thing. Like I think they were, he was underneath there. And they start praying for this guy. And, um, because he couldn't even get into the meeting. And eventually this guy comes back to life. How crazy is Like, it's crazy. It's like Reynold Bonker tells a story, and it was like he was shocked with this whole episode. I mean, it takes a while for it to happen. A guy, like, first of all, I think he starts breathing, but he's still obviously got rigor mortis. I mean, he's been embalmed. He's got cotton wool in his nose. He smells like chemicals. He's been, like, how do you even get the guy in there? It's crazy, yeah? Uh, no, I don't, obviously, uh, well, yeah, but they, the modern embalming techniques are slightly different, yeah as far as I, what I understand. I mean, that's what, I'm just saying what they say. <laughs> so, anyway, so they're praying for this guy, and this guy comes back to life. I mean, and you must hear the story about his wife. She gave, uh, she felt the Lord gave her scripture about God giving back, uh, giving back a dead husband or something like that. Anyway, but the point of the story is, I'm listening to this guy's story, and uh, he, he kind of tells you know, that he went to heaven and then he went to hell and um, like God showed him what he did. And actually the rich, the, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, and he felt like God, what he was saying is God's answered that rich man's prayer and he sent him back to warn people actually that like just to, to know Jesus really. But what I picked up in his, he said something. I mean, just want to say, he said this. Oh, where is it now? In his, in his um, testimony, he said something about on along the lines of, he, like, if there was strife in his family, like with his wife, he just wants to go lock himself in the room until it's over because he does not want to miss heaven. I was like, that's interesting. And he, he so what's strife? Strife is fighting, unforgiveness, bitterness. Actually, if you look up the, the definition of it. And they're trying to translate this whole thing. So he would, he actually, he's so, he's so allergic to bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment that he wants nothing to do with it because he does not want to miss heaven. What did he see? What did he see in that afterlife, like in, in, in that thing? And just like, wow, okay, this guy's seen something. I was, I was just watching another thing of a lady that had a vision and she went, she were taken in the was in hell. And she says it was purely for unforgiveness. Purely for unforgiveness. She, all her sins came back against her because there was unforgiveness. Like I'm, 
I'm just saying what she said. There's something to this, guys. It's a big deal. It's, it's spoken about a lot in the Bible. It's in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is very clear about it. You see, I think, and then thirdly, so it's first, it's seeing the understanding how much we've been forgiven, beginning to understand, and I think maybe as I've been speaking this morning, if the Holy Spirit has been doing something in our heart, there's actually responding to the Spirit in the moment. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll look at that now, just how that looks. Because I think the Lord is maybe speaking to a few of us. But the thing is, I mean, the culture that we live in is one of, it's an offensive culture. It's, you know, we can, we can, it's a cancel culture as well. If people don't, we don't like what they're saying, we just leave. Block them on WhatsApp, leave a group. Unfriend them on Facebook. Or slander them on Facebook. It's interesting, eh? It's just like, it's something of their culture. It's, it's kind of getting into us. It's become, I mean, it's even the way we talk now, I'll unfriend you. It's like, 50 years ago, that wasn't even an issue. <laughs> it's like, what? And I think we've got to be very, very careful because we can fall into that trap very easily. I found myself this week looking, I just stumbled across some stuff on, on Facebook which hurt me, cut me to the heart. And, um, I, you know, I was trying to, how do I respond to this? I've got to be careful here, actually. I can go and look at what everyone's saying and strengthen my position, get angry towards this guy and what he's done and, and what other people are saying and doing, or I can actually just go, Lord, like, you love them. You love them. Protect me, Lord. Guard my heart. I had to find myself every day this week asking the Lord to guard my heart and actually not intentionally not going there to see what's being said now because it, it does hurt it's family it's, it, it does hurt it's like a knife it's like ah oh, man I've been, test- I've been tested this week I know some of our leaders have talk- said about something about this and I said guys our test our test is to keep our hearts pure not to engage not to fight to keep our hearts pure and it's hard. It's very hard, especially when, especially when you're a victim, right? Especially when you actually are right. I'm not saying in that situation I'm right, but I'm just saying when you're right and somebody is coming against you, it's hard just to go, okay, Lord, vengeance is yours, Lord. I think God is wanting, you see, these, that unforgiveness and this hurt and this hardening of the heart, these shadows, they creep into our hearts. They creep into our hearts. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to shine his light on these areas in, in, our, in our lives. So maybe just as I've been sharing with us now, the Holy Spirit's been showing you some things. Maybe this, and it's like I said, it starts out there. It starts at those big corporate things and it comes right here. Family, brother, I wrote some things down. See, it could be your hardness of heart could manifest often in anger. Taxi cuts you off. Your response shows the condition of your heart, actually. Anger, and it could immediately turn to racism because it happens. 
seen it in this country, it's terrible. Government, like I said, could be your boss at work or someone at work. Could be a family member, it could be a friend, could be a leader. Often church hurts, and it manif- often, that, often that manifests that we pull back and we don't want to do anything. We'll go, but we won't be part. Could even be God that you're offended with and you're struggling to forgive because maybe he's taken something from you. Maybe he's taken a loved one. You can't process that. You can't understand that. Maybe you expected your life to turn out differently, but, but God knows what's best. He works all things to the good of those that love him. And you haven't quite been able to process that and work that into your theology yet. So actually maybe that's caused a bit of a unforgiveness towards the Lord. Maybe you've, you've messed up in areas and maybe you're struggling to even forgive yourself in some things. See, the Holy Spirit, there's many, many, many different areas and it's a walk by the Spirit daily in the Spirit. And he comes and he shows us these things. You see, if we've been called to be, I spoke about it last week, we spoke about a leaders meeting, if we've been called to be a a John the Baptist type generation, one that prepares the way, we can't be preparing the way if we can't love people. Because loving people equals forgiveness. Forgiveness equals love. 1 Corinthians says this, love forgives everything. Love is always trusting is always hoping and it never gives up. Love forgives everything. So how do we how do we work this out together? And again, I'm not going to ask you guys to jump up and do anything now specifically, but if the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart, I think there's maybe two two groups or two areas of people that can respond. Is those that have firstly never received Christ's forgiveness because you receive it, you've never, you're not, you're not, you don't know Jesus, you never received him as your Lord and Savior, so you haven't accepted, you haven't accepted him. So there's actually, there's, there's that, so those to be saved, and then there's maybe us that, as I've been speaking, the Lord's been ministering to our hearts, and we just want to go, actually Lord, I want to surrender this to you, I want to surrender this area to you, I want to let go of this, I want to trust you in this, will you help me? To forgive. Will you help me to forgive him? Whatever it is, it's between you and the Lord.